Yo, uh, thank you for logging in, Rodian Radio, Tony, I'm your host, uh, we're here at episode two, uh, I know in the video you actually saw it said Mellow Man Ace, but that was actually a typo error, uh, uh, but it's all good, we're here live, and I uh, want to thank you guys for uh, joining us today, uh, once again, uh, I'm excited about my uh, guest that I have here today, and I'll tell you why in a moment, but for those of you that have continuously messaged me, whether it be a Facebook or Instagram, on why I call it Rhodium, some people say Rodeo, it's not a Rodeo, we don't ride horses here, Rhodium, <laughs> uh, um, Rhodium Swamp Meat is an open air market in the city of Gardena, and it is named or inspired after a Japanese vendor from the city of Whittier, him and his wife, Susan, gave me my first job. They were a huge influence in my life, actually changed my life by giving me my first job selling vinyl uh, cassettes, A-tracks or whatnot. Since I've been 11 years old, I've been in the music. Um, so I named Rhodium Radio, inspired by their uh, Swamp Me Stand in the city of Gardena, simply because Steve gave a lot of independent artists and opportunities to be heard. Uh, many times artists will go, go over there because they couldn't get radio play. We had one radio station, which is a uh, 1580 KD. So what he would do, he would say, bring your records. I'll sell it on consignment. If it sells pretty good, I'll put it on a mixtape. If the mixtape does pretty good, I'll invite you back and I'll have you bust a freestyle. So he gave them all a platform and that inspired me to start up uh, Rhodium Radio as a platform, not only for uh, major artists uh, uh, that are on major labels, but also for uh, independent artists. Uh, for them to be heard, for them to share their stories. Uh, but my guest here today, the reason why I invited him is simply because uh, when I heard his album, uh, I was speechless actually, because it's been years since I've heard an album where I couldn't press skip. And usually if a song doesn't hit me in the first 30 seconds, I skip, skip, skip. And this one, I couldn't. And uh, I've only known him for a short time, but uh, after our interview, you'll be able to get a little bit more familiar with him and with his music and see why I found his music so intriguing. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce to you guys, Misfit Soto. Thank you for coming, brother. What's cracking? What's cracking? Uh, just right here, brother. Listen, before we get into all the good stuff, you know, about your music, yeah. uh, what you're doing now and what you're going to be doing in the future, um, if I'm correct, maybe you could help me. How long have we been knowing each other? uh less than a year for sure. less than a year, less than a year and for sure. uh if you remember how we met it it was actually on my on my old uh instagram page before it got deleted right and i remember and correct me if i'm wrong that you messaged me and you just pretty much just asked me hey i want you to do a cameo appearance in my video uh, yeah. my video my first video that yeah I and I, if i'm correct it was uh this is my revenge, revenge. Or, mm -hmm. yeah so um before we get into that song 
or that video because we're actually going to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember telling you, well, you know what? Let me hear the song because up to that point, yeah. honestly, I've never heard of you. Right, right, right. You know, there's a lot of artists that I never heard until I got onto Instagram or whatnot. And um, you emailed me the song, and I listened to it, and it, I was, I, I was like intrigued. I was like, wow, this sounds pretty good. So I remember we had a, another conversation, and you told me uh, that you produce mm-hmm. and you write your own stuff. Right. You direct your own videos. Yeah. And you edit your own videos. Yeah. Okay. See, a lot of those four qualities remind me of people that I've known for a long time, sort of like a Dr. Dre mm-hmm. and even a DJ Quick. Okay. okay. And I've known those guys personally. So what I did before I said, you know, let me go ahead and go on this video before I co-sign it. Let me ask my son, because my son knows a lot of a lot of rap. Yeah. Actually, he listens to more rap than I do. Right. So I said, mijo, tell me what you think. He came out of his room and he goes, do it with that. It's pretty good. I like it. That's what he said. Yeah. And usually when I show him songs, he's kind of like, eh, I don't know. He's like a big, like Meek Mill fan. Okay. 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 So I said, okay, I'm going to do it. So I called you up. Mm-hmm. We met up. We shot the video. I liked it. I, li- I really, really liked the idea of the video. Yeah. But <clears throat> before we get into this album, I don't know how old this album is. Did it come out this year? Yeah. This okay. Year. It came out this year. Mm-hmm. And we're going to play some music for you guys. Uh, off of this album, which I thought was really, really freaking dope. Thank you. Um, okay. Now, what I want to get to is, where were you raised at? Like, wh- what city? Um, well, I, I've always lived in, in Londell, but, you know, Londell's right there neighboring Hawthorne. So, okay. um, you know, when I when I was old enough to be in, you know, in the neighborhood. Right. In the streets, I ran around in Hawthorne. You know, okay, Hawthorne. Um, yeah. So okay. Hawthorne, Londo. Yeah. Okay, so we, would you say you moved back and forth? No, no, nah, nah, I'm stri- strictly Hawthorne, you know what I'm saying? Okay. That's where I did did everything. That's where, like, you know, I learned basically everything I know now, you know what I'm okay. saying? As far as um, taking stuff that you learn on the streets and applying it, right? you know, into other things. You know, your grind, your hustle, right. you know, except this time I'm not hustling this, you know what I'm right, saying? I'm of hustling course. this, but I apply it. You right. Know? So, now, um, g- give me a picture of your upbringing, like wh- where is your family from? <clears throat> my mom is from Tijuana. My my dad is from uh, from Tecolotlan, Jalisco. So I mean, he's he came straight from from a rancho out there, you know. Right. And then they settled in Gardena. Okay. Uh, my mom met my dad in Gardena. My grandma had a house out there, you know. And uh, you know that's where they met. That's where I was raised. I have two older brothers, and um, my older brother, my oldest brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was a he he actually rapped, you know, what I'm saying in like the early nineties and. You know, he went to like the good life and he remembers the rodeo and all that too. Oh, man. dope. And, uh, you know, he's I, like the first time I stepped into a real, real, real studio, I think I was about 11 years old in Hollywood. Wow. I went with him and it's like, I trip out because it's like what he was like, he's 10 years older than me. So he was 21 at the time. What 21 year old wants to have their 11 right. year old brother around, you know what right. I'm saying? So, he just, you know, he, he sparked that in me when I, when I first saw those boards. See, and I didn't know that because yeah. we have a lot of similarities growing up because when I was 11 years old, I had my first job mm-hmm. selling records and it was the first time I ever went to a nightclub, mm-hmm. you know? So at 11 years old, and like I always say, I always encourage parents, do not let your kids go into a nightclub. <laughs> I'll tell you, after that, all I thought about was women and DJ, bro, <laughs> as, as a kid. So, so now, you know, it's funny, I asked about where your parents were from because every time I tell people, where my parents are from they're like where where in the hell is that like they never heard of it but it's from mexico my mom and my dad are both in the same town and it's called torreon coahuila 
So a lot of people always say, oh, no, I've never heard of you know You know who heard of all the drug dealers? Every time I tell them, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I used to pass by there Is all the like time. TJ? No, it's actually by Chihuahua, out okay. towards that area. Okay. So, but yeah. The, I'm uh, thinking of El Torreón de Tijuana and like Coahuila. Yeah, Torreón, yeah. Coahuila. Okay. And my dad had actually had to teach me to say Coahuila because I used to say weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so my parents came here from Mexico as well, settled in Compton, etc. But now, now growing up, what was the type of music that was usually played uh, uh, around your home? Like, what did you grow up with? What did your mother and your father play? I'm trying to get a picture of your upbringing and okay. what possibly influenced you. This is this is crazy, okay? Because, like, okay, me and my brothers are each five years apart, okay? So, okay, when I was growing up, my mom, she, I mean, my mom, my grandpa sings, so she, he sings, like, uh, like, uh, like romantic songs, like romanticos, yeah. you know? So my grandpa sings, so she always liked, like, Trio Los Panchos. Yes. Like, stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? So that's where, I, like, I really liked, you know, the guitars and stuff like that when I heard them, you know, going at the guitar. Also, my dad, he liked a lot of, you know, CCR. Okay. You know, so that, Santana, of course. And um, my brother, who's five years older than me, is like, you know, a skater. So he, he used to listen to, um, you know, Hendrix, Nirvana. And then my oldest brother, um, this was around 1996, uh, he had a tape, a cycle round tape. Okay. And uh, that's when I when I heard that. And then he had two Max tapes and stuff like that. And, and I was just like, what the hell is this? Like, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So um, I had a, a variety, variety. Yeah, <laughs> of, a variety music of music that, I was, that was being played, you know, everywhere. I mean, in my house, when I kicked it with my brother, you know what I'm saying? When my brother would leave, I'd sneak in his room and then play right. his CDs and stuff like right. that. So I, I became very knowledgeable about, you know, different genres of music and the artists and, you know, classic rock. You know, my, one of my favorite bands is like Vanilla Fudge, who, who was just like this classic rock band that has like this muddy, dirty sound, but it's like, you know, it's so dope because I just, I, it's raw, you know, you can right, feel it, right. you know, and it's, it's just, I don't know, man, I, I appreciate just music that maybe a lot of people don't even like know about or don't even consider. Like, I've never heard of that group. Yeah, so, you know, I, they're just so, it's crazy, it's just. I, I dug deep. I dug deep into it when I was trying. It's like you know when when you're a kid, you try to find yourself, right? When you're right. In, uh, you know going into your teen years, and it's like, you know what? Like I don't, I don't, I don't care like what I what I'm gonna be like. I'm just gonna soak it all in, you know? Right. And um, you know, I was I was a kid in high school. You know, not popular. I had my hoodie on, and I always had my headphones in. Right. You know right. What I'm you, you know, and like I said earlier, I think we have a lot of similarities because growing up, the records that my father played were. Uh, Los Panchos. He, 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 he was a real romantic guy. I remember my mother one time telling me that that's how uh, he won her heart because he would sing to her. Mm -hmm. And supposedly he would write songs. I never heard him write, but he's the one, actually the one as a kid that uh, uh, schooled me on vinyl. He had 45s and he, he had albums and he had those big old long, about the size of this table, a stereo with a turntable, you know, yeah. uh, speakers. Uh, but he's actually the one that got me into uh, records and uh, um, what a 45 was. He used to play them on 33 or on uh, 78 speed. speed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of music I, I, I didn't really grow up like with banda or like with, you yeah, know. Corridos and all that. No, no, I, I didn't. You know? Yeah, my, my dad too. He, he, he liked rancheras. Okay. My dad. So okay. a lot of chente, of course, yeah. you know, but uh, never, never like corridos and stuff like that. That's like, I think that's the newer newer thing isn't right, it right 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 yeah yeah my, so my parents were pretty like classic no <laughs> yeah. yeah likewise mm -hmm. now you go to the studio 
about 11 years old. Yeah. And what was taking place at that studio that your, that your brother went to? My brother was recording. He had a uh, he had a management he had a manager who had signed him to a uh, you know a little management contract or whatever. But they were booking studio time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, they were being looked. I forgot what record label it was, but. They were being looked at by Coolio was signed to that record label at the time. And was this rap that he was doing? My brother, yes. Yeah. My brother raps in Spanish and English. Okay. And, you know, so I guess at that time, you know, that's what the industry was like really trying to get. Right. You know. And about what years would you say this was taking place? 94. 94. 93, 94. And how old were you at that time? 11, 11 you said? 11, wow. 11. See, I'm chipping because, okay, I'm 51 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in 90, 91, 92, I was already touring and to think that I'm talking to a kid that, you know, <laughs> that was 11 years old right yeah. back then when my album was pretty much already uh, played out, if you will. <laughs> it's weird. Like, but I, I enjoy having these type of conversations because I learned from the younger generation, you know. <clears throat> so your brother goes and records. Mm-hmm. He has a rate. Now, is he going in on his own budget? Did he have a demo budget? A demo budget. Okay. A demo budget. It was him and he had a partner with him. They were called the Southpaws. I remember that. And and they, uh, Southpaws, yeah. So they used to rap in English and Spanish. And uh, yeah, they, they just basically they were going to put together a demo. Okay. And so there was a couple that he took me to, you know. I just remember being in downtown LA or like Hollywood area. You don't remember the name of the studio or anything? No, nah. But it was big. It was a big ass room. I think the booth was like, this big like the, you know what I'm saying like okay and just a big old glass and on the other side you have the room with the console you know with, uh-huh. the, with the SSL board and stuff <clears throat> oh dope dope it's crazy yeah so, so after that mm-hmm. after that day when or if you will what was the the song the group that possibly caught your eye your ear your, you know your attention and said it what you thought I want to do that? Psycho Realm, Psycho City Blocks, nineteen ninety six. Okay, talk a little bit closer to the mic because oh, I, I need people to hear that. What you just said? Psycho Realm, Psycho City Blocks was a song in the year nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six. Like okay, like for me, when I started DJing, I shared this on uh, my last uh, first episode with Mellow. Uh, it was when I saw Grandmaster Flash mm-hmm. uh, 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 from um, from New York. I saw a little commercial where he was cutting scratch and turns around and he does the fader behind his back. And I just thought it was like the most amazing thing. Yeah. Now I had never seen a DJ cut and scratch in person yet. It wasn't until I went to VIP Records and the owner Calvin Anderson had a, has a brother named uh, Tim. We, we used to call him King Tim, and I saw him scratch. Mm-hmm. After that, I was taught by a legendary DJ named Joe Cooley. So that was kind of like my upbringing. I saw it first. Oh, what, what do you mean? He, he taught you like hands on, like your yeah, hands on. That guy was my mentor. Oh. Like yeah. Rodney Owen, Joe Cooley? Rodney Owen, Joe Cooley, oh, yes. dang, that's Joe crazy, Cooley, Brad. Yeah, yes. No idea. <laughs> I, I, was, I was blessed and fortunate to have met a lot of legends, people, at least in my opinion, that are, I consider legends and pioneers of the game that actually taught me. That's dope. You know, to have a guy like Joe Cooley teach me how to DJ, you know, even though I, w- I was already DJing, but to take me to that next level, to meet a guy like Dr. Dre to teach me how to use the SP-1200, mm-hmm. To have a guy like Jinx come over and teach me how to sample even better. Mm-hmm. And to have a guy like DJ Quick pretty much, you know, give me all his sounds, you know. On on the discs. They were. Yes, on the floppy disk. So <laughs> I was blessed and fortunate. And all of those people came through this guy, Steve. That's why I'm always paying homage to him because yeah. he opened the doors for, for me to meet a lot of these people. Yeah. So you go to the studio. Mm-hmm. It's 1996. You heard Psycho Realm. Yeah. Okay. Now, but how old were you? 12? 
Uh, I'm gonna say 13? 96, 13. About 13. 13 yeah. So, about when did you start rapping? Around that time? Around 14. Okay. 14. When I was 16, I, I had my junior year in high school, I had an album I was selling in high school. Really? Yeah, I had got this little, uh, it was a program called Mixcraft. And then I had a little computer in my garage and uh, a little clown, you know, a, a little a microphone from Radio Shack with like a clown nose on it. And, right, uh, right. I had uh, a, a mixer. I think it was like a two-channel mixer, bro. And I just recorded in straight, directly into my computer, you know. And um, I did my whole little album right there. I used to get, you know, download the beats off of, uh, what was it, Napster or something uh -huh. like that. And how did they sell? How many copies do you think you sold? I sold a good, probably like 40 copies altogether, you wow. know. You, not right away. You right, know, right, right. You know, word of, just the homies supporting in high school, you know what I'm saying? Like. That's dope, man. Yeah, man. My brother even bought one off me. It was dope. <laughs> see, 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 this is what that tells me right there, okay? And I wish that this younger generation, um, I wish I saw a little bit more hunger. I'm not saying that they're not, but mm -hmm. let me give an example of what I'm trying to say. I've given people opportunities when I had my full-blown studio. Mm -hmm. We're talking about vintage keyboards, uh, 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 you know, 24-track board, you know, 48-track board. I had it all here. Mm -hmm. My Technique 1200s, whenever you want to come and you want to learn, because you yeah. tell me that you want to do this, just come. Right. Throughout the years, I've had young, you know, uh, teenagers or whatever, and not one of them ever really came back. Mm -hmm. But Tone, this is what I want to do. And how would you say their words spoke, spoke more than actions, if you will, right. the other way around. Right. So I always tell people, if you want to do it, you're going to do it, man. Yeah. You're going to do it. And that, that's what that showed me, your perseverance, your diligence to, to do what you want to do. You know, well, uh, let me give you an example. I didn't have turntables growing up. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I befriended people that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. And it would be like me going to school with you, and I didn't really care for you, but I knew you had Technique 1200s at home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would walk beside you. Hey, what's up, dude? How you doing, man? <laughs> right. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> Nothing. Hey, I got five bucks if you let me come over and practice. Right, right. And that's what I would do year after year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll be honest. I, I, I think I only had my, it was 1988, I want to say March 24th at San Marico Hall mm -hmm. in the city of Carson. I had my turntables for one month. Some beat up old turntables, and I won my first battle of the DJ in 1988. Damn, there, K Day, uh, 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 matter of fact, Julio G, uh, uh from the K Day Mix Masters were there, and they, uh, he was the judge and had a, a, a hall full of like maybe six, seven hundred people. And that was my first battle. And I actually had to sneak out of the house, I was 19 years old, <laughs> and I had to sneak out of my house uh, because, yeah. uh, uh, um, I know I must have been about 18. <laughs> I had to sneak out of my house so that, uh, I had a very strict Mexican family. Right, you know, right, right. You know, we, school, yeah, you know, we couldn't watch race. certain things or hear, listen to certain things, you know. So I, I literally had to sneak out of the house just to go win. I remember that I won. And it was funny because I didn't know how to bring the big ass trophy home. Yeah. And I'm thinking, my mom's going to know, you know. <laughs> and I got a check like for 50 bucks. So what I did, I just put the check on the table and I put the money there to give it to her. Yeah. But I just wanted to prove to myself that I can do this. Yeah. And that's kind of what I see with you. And that's kind of where we're going. Mm -hmm. So now you're selling your CD or yeah. what is it? Uh, yeah, it's a CD. It's a full blown, like 14 track CD. <laughs> and now after that did you get with a group did you start up in a group or yeah after that uh i got it together with like uh one of my homies from uh, from school um his name is Gatel. and then uh you know 
after that, he he knew a buddy that he had that they it's because they do graffiti. They're from WAI crew, you know. Um, so they got that the the art unlock and stuff. So he was always with you know in the hip hop scene. Yeah, you know the LA hip hop scene. Both of us were, you know. So we started up a group. We added my brother at the end. We asked him, you know. My brother had, had always been the type to have, like, a little studio set up in the back okay. of his... Just a small little setup in the back of his house or something. Right. So, um, you know, I was like, man, we should tell my brother what's up. Like, let's go do this, you know. And so my brother's like, I'm down, you know. So right. we formed a group. And, uh, you know, we did... We were, we went strong for about three, four years. Okay. You know? And, performing um, performing like it was like in the, like the golden age of underground hip-hop in la like it was really really like really going like good you know the underground was was really bubbling at the time you know the promoters were really putting in work now that's interesting that you say that as far as underground, underground because yeah. okay growing up for me mm-hmm. once again understanding my age i'm 51 years old that rap growing up was always underground there wasn't radio playing it we had no choice but to be underground mm-hmm. uh if it wasn't for a radio station like 1580 k-day mm-hmm. the, the west coast was still brand new we had an iced tea uh mix master spade toddy mm-hmm. tea maybe only a handful okay and uh but they were playing mostly all east coast mm-hmm. run dmc LO cool j uh salt and pepper etc right and this radio station was on am And if you didn't get good reception, you weren't listening to hip hop. Mm -hmm. You know, the dope thing about this radio station that it allowed DJs to flex, you know, their skills. That was the dope thing. That's what I always listened to. That's why I was always, you know, doing pause button, you know, mixes or you know recordings. And so we really didn't have a choice but to be underground. So uh, we always wanted a platform to to be heard. Mm -hmm. The Rodian was a platform. VIP Records was a platform and other other areas the compton indoor mm-hmm. stuff like that now growing up now we're like 90 91 our record style we get signed to one of the biggest record labels in the world which was disney mm-hmm. had a record label named uh hollywood records mm-hmm. now now we're on the radio now we're doing videos mtv your mtv raps bet uh the box our voices being heard so we started he- hearing people saying i'm underground I'm, we're underground rappers that was a little hard for me to understand because mm-hmm. I, me being coming from underground rap, not being heard to now being heard, mm-hmm. it was kind of hard for me to accept wait, wait, you're underground by choice. Like mm-hmm. I didn't understand that, right. but I got it because I, I, I love the music. I love hip hop, right. you know? So I don't know what made me get into all that. I guess, cause you said the underground, underground thing. Yeah. So what was the name of that group again? Uh, the group that I was in is called the Crooks, C-R-U-X. The okay, Crook, the Crooks. Crook, and yeah. what inspired that name? Uh, just some weird, you know, uh, I think my friend looked it up in the dictionary. Like, some, I mean, the definition is something that can't be explained, you know, and everybody okay. has their, had their own style. So we're just kind of like a group of weirdos, like, you know what I'm saying? Just doing <laughs> some, just doing some, you know, whatever the heck we wanted to do, man. And right. Help, you know? And, and how many guys were you again? Four. Four. And then we had a DJ. Yeah, we had a DJ. And it was DJ, uh, DJ Live. And then we had another DJ. DJ Radical. DJ Live, that would be uh, Roger? Oh, yeah, Roger, bro, yeah. That's Roger right. was in our group. Much back to Roger. Day. Yeah. Okay, and um, now how far did that group take you? Like, as far as, did you guys travel a lot, or was it just mostly regional, local? It was It was a lot of local. We traveled maybe a couple times, but it was it was local. 
Um, see, there was this, this uh, open mic spot in L.A. at Lamert Park called Project Blowed. Mm-hmm. And we used to go there every Thursday. And, you know, we a lot of the older guys, you know, they uh, kind of like, you know, took 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 us under their wing or took me under their wing at least, you know. What, they, what were the groups during that time other than possibly Psycho Realm? Because uh, obviously you said you were about 11 or 12 when you first heard Psycho oh, yeah, Realm. Oh, yeah, you had a Mexican Descent, which was two Mexican children Cinco. Okay. You, you had uh, the Hip Hop Clan, which was Rifle Man, Pterodactyl. You had CVE, which was Riddler, you know, uh, Nigga Fish. You had, um, you just had all these, you know, groups from LA that just, you had to be there to like really know about them. The platform was Lamert Park. The platform was Project Blow. So, like, if you wanted to hear, like, the newest stuff, you'd have to go every Thursday and check it out right. and see. Hopefully, they get up on stage and, and, and bust some stuff. Now, the stuff that you're sharing today is possibly your fan base right now probably doesn't even know this about you. Oh, they don't, know. You know? Yeah. And that's a good thing, like, again, that we have an opportunity to share these things because yeah. we're just laying a foundation to where what we want to go to when we after our next after our break. Now, uh, I'm just going to throw this out there because I work with these guys. Do you ever hear of Black Forest? Yeah, of course. Okay, Black yeah. Forest. Uh, much love to my boy Wiz. Yeah. Uh, he engineered a lot of my projects. He, They were actually signed to Steve Yano's label. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, the Visionaries actually recorded out of there or mixed their, their record there, if I'm correct. Nice. So, uh, uh, yeah, so I'm very familiar with the underground. My thing, I just had a problem with the title underground for some reason. <laughs> I just did. I'm like... Like, independent, independent. Yeah, yeah. Independent. See, I would accept that. Yeah. You know. But okay, so now the crooks are going on for what? How many years did you say now? Uh, well, I mean, we went. We did a good four years strong. Okay. Solid, yeah. Oh, about four years. And at what point did you figure? Oh, or I mean, how did the crew break up? How, how did I, they go their own ways? Or <clears throat> basically, um, it was it was just a decision. Like I got really really heavy into like the street stuff, man. Okay. And, and I just you know like we started all hang, at one hang, point. hanging around the wrong people and and just you know I just said man I don't whatever this is and then plus I just wasn't feeling the vibe you know like right. we, at that point we were uh, we were you know like every like all brothers do man we were fighting you know right and and I just you know I just man I'm gonna go over here I'm gonna go kick it with the homies over here and and I just you know ended up stop I stopped doing music for like another four years so okay we went strong for four years and then i quit for four years now the crook stuff were you producing that as well yes what were you using fl studio 2 well it's called free loops version 2 at the time okay now okay. now they're like on 14 or 13 or 12 i think something like that but you know it's funny because when, when i had my 12 my sp 1200 steve had bought that for me and that was like two thousand mm-hmm. dollars you know and i think like a program like logic today is like what 200 bucks yeah something like that. about 200 and i think you can track you can do your your vocals mm-hmm. and everything on there and i look at that and i'm thinking wow man you technology is awesome but at the same time it does it, everything for you yes everything yes. there's so, no you don't you don't gotta sit there and you know hit them knobs and and, and cut up your own samples no, like, now let know. me ask you about that do you think that takes away from hip-hop what the digital stuff yes uh it makes it easier. You know what? Just the sound is not the same. Like you can't compare the sounds you get from an MP, like the drums, or you can't. You just can't compare them. The t- even the timing, the timing of the drum, you can you can hear it when it's from an MPC. You can hear the hit. You can hear right. And when you, it's digital, you can tell. You know what I'm saying? It's right. Like I appreciated those because my brother's homie, his name is Bago seventy four. He 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 used to do beats on um on an MP. Right. And I could always tell the. Even the snare was a tad bit millisecond late, but you knew it was an MPC. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. And it was just, that's just so, you you see a guy. <laughs> right. And it's just like, whoa, like, dang, like, that's crazy. Like, and, and it's just, the sound is amazing. So, yeah, I think the digital does take away from, like, the real, real essence of, of what, how hip-hop started. And, right. You know, but still, you know, I try to, when I make my beats, too, or I, I do my own little sound packs, I still sample from vinyl. Dope, dope. I make my own little, my packs. So right. I try to keep it like that. But Now, what was your rap name in the Crooks? It, it was As as If. It was, yeah, As If. As it was if. like a graffiti name, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So you tagged and everything like yeah, that, Yeah, I tagged. I okay. did all that, yeah. Now, when did, did the Misfit name take place like when did you say you know what i'm no longer as if mm -hmm. now what misfit was there a name before that no it okay. was uh basically like when i just started doing music again you know and i just felt like when i came back into the music i was like dude like because mind you i'm 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 from a whole different like um uh -huh. you know like just my influences are different like the okay. way the way what i was experiencing at that age was different and then I stopped for four years and then I come back and I'm just like, what's going on? You know, because a lot changed within those four years with the music. Right. Everything barely started going digital and all this this weird stuff started happening to hip hop, you know. So I'm like, I don't really fit. So, so that, you know what I'm saying? It has nothing to do with the Misfits band, you know, right. but it's just like a Misfit. Like, I, I just didn't feel like I belonged anywhere with these fools, you know. Okay. But I'm going to do my own thing. And then Soto's my last name. Soto's your last name. So Misfit Soto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, um. You know, because when I first heard the name, I'm I'm, I'm thinking the Misfits. Yeah, yeah, you know, right, I, that's right. the first thing I'm thinking. But it's actually pretty creative the the way you put it together. You you figured you didn't belong. Now I'll be honest with you, listening to your music, um, I didn't think it belonged with the genre of rap that we're about to talk about after the next mm -hmm. break. Okay, so at this point, I'm gonna go ahead and introduce uh, the songs that are gonna be coming up. Uh, one song is called The Soundtrack of Love, which is, happens to be my favorite, favorite song on this album. I actually, I was on my way to do an interview out in Marietta, and I was driving, and I was bumping the CD. Yeah, I still bump CDs. <laughs> and I just kept playing it over and over. I think I played it like four or five times, and what happened was, as soon as I got out of the car, even before I, uh, I did my interview, I called him. And I told him, I said, you know what, man, I think you have a great album. And I don't just say that about anybody. It's been a long time since I've actually uh, listened to a full CD all the way through. And some of them I actually uh, just kept uh, replaying. Re I keep wanting to say rewind, but I keep wanting to say replaying. And I, I thought it was dope. The next song after that is a song called Ride. Now you're going to see the video of uh, Soundtrack of Love. And then after that, you'll hear a song called ride and uh, uh what i want you to do if you're watching right now please call somebody text somebody message somebody and tell them to tune in because uh when we come back i'm gonna ask them some interesting questions about a controversial subject that's been going on amongst the uh, latino slash chicano community community pertaining to music and i think it's really important that uh, uh not only am i going to ask him but for future guests that are going to be uh coming uh i want to ask this because he's going to help me actually uh, uh, with answering some of these questions that I've already been asking uh, Chicano rappers because uh, we are in the works right now of doing a Chicano rap documentary, uh, Chicano rap documentary. And a lot of these questions that I'm going to be asking him are actually coming from fans. So I want him to answer me from a, a, of a fan where to ask him somewhere on the street, what is this? Why that? So uh, if you can get somebody on the, uh, on, on uh, text, let's just call them and tell them what we're about to talk about. We're about to talk about 
Chicano rap, but the questions are going to be very interesting. So once again, the first song is the soundtrack of love and ride. And then you're going to see uh, uh, one of our uh, commercials for our apparel or a docu mixery, which we'll talk about later on. And thank you, John. Take it away. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for um, tuning in. Uh, once again, the song was Soundtrack of Love, which happened to be my favorite off that album. Uh, and I don't really say that about much uh, people's albums today. You know, I get people on Facebook and on Instagram that uh, shoot me messages all the time. Hey, man, you know, would you listen to my music? You listen to my music. And I try to, believe me, even though a lot of times I may not get back to you, you know, right away, but I do listen to it. Uh, the bad thing is, is this. A lot of the music that I've been hearing today, it all just sounds the same. About a year, year and a half ago, I saw Snoop do a... Uh, um, I think he was in New York, if I'm correct. He did an interview where he said in the 90s, no two rappers sounded the same. He said there was uh, Dana Dane and then there was uh, uh, Slick Rick. He said they were similar, but they, they weren't the same. He said today, everybody sounds the same. And it's the truth. Uh, West Coast had their sound. East Coast had their sound. Now me traveling from the East Coast back and forth to the West Coast, I, I almost feel like there is no sound. Everybody has the same sound. Mm -hmm. What separated Misfit to me was that it was different. I was expecting to hear some, you know, hardcore, possibly underground rap. I didn't, I wasn't, they didn't know. But when I heard it, uh, I just thought it was really, really different. You know, uh, back in the nineties, we used to have, uh, at the record labels, uh, whether you were, you know, um, executive, there was a person that, the position was an A and R position. They had the power to sign you. And one of the questions that they would always ask you would be this, after listening to your demo, what makes you different from everybody else? Today, it'll probably be hard for people uh, to answer that question. I don't have to ask Misfit that. His album and his music, uh, uh, his singing, it, it spoke for itself. So that's why I invited him to, uh, to do this interview because I do believe that he is different. His music is different. And I believe that record labels uh, should give him an opportunity. Uh, somebody asked me, what genre of music would you consider him? And um, I would say, if you guys are familiar, in 1998, uh, Everlast dropped an album. I think it was called Whitey Ford or something like that. And he kind of went, I don't know if it was considered alternative or rock, but he had singing, guitars and stuff. I would probably consider somewhere between Everlast and somewhere between possibly even a Post Malone. Somewhere in, in the midst of that. I wouldn't say he sounds like either one of them, but it would be very hard for me to categorize him because I just thought he was that dope. I thought he, he was in his own name. And that's why I invited him. And uh, later on in the, uh, um, on our next break, you'll be able to hear some more of his music off that album if you haven't heard it already. So once again, we're back with Misfit yeah, yeah. Soto. Thank <clears throat> you for being here. Um, now, I'm just going to go ahead and kick it, kick it off. And I'm going to go ahead and ask you the question. And, uh, <laughs> Let's get into it. Because these questions and these answers are, are going to help me for the documentary that it is in production as we speak. Okay. okay? Uh, when that's going to drop, I have no idea. But we've already started filming mm -hmm. and we've already been doing interviews. So the questions that I'm going to ask you are, imagine you're walking down the street. Somebody recognizes you, knows who you are, and begins to ask you these questions. Mm -hmm. How would you answer? So my first question to you is, what is Chicano rap? 
<clears throat> to me, Chicano rap is, um, you know, um, Chicano, you know, cholo music, uh, you know, gangster rap, um, you know, gangsters, gang related, you know, rappers that rap to other, you know, just to a small demographic of people, you know okay. what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, rapping to the neighborhood or rapping to, you know, just their messages, just, you know, to, to other, you know, Chicanos, you know what I'm saying? There's okay. not really a broad, you know, vision. It's just, okay. you know, it's kind of like, this is, this is it. This is all I'm doing. You okay. Know? And that, that to me is Chicano rap. Okay. It has, it has really nothing to do with like being Chicano and being a rapper. Like, see, that's, that's where the line is right now is people are trying to justify it. Like, oh, well, you're a Chicano, they're rap. So you're a Chicano rap. Nah, cause that's not how it started out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Chicano rap was like gangster rap. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And, and, you know, but if you were still Chicano and not doing gangster rap, then, then you were hip hop music. Okay. Latin hip hop music. So you had Latin hip hop and you had Chicano rap. Chicano rap was the more gang related stuff, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good answer. Um, I've asked other MCs, other rappers who happen to be Chicanos and, um, many of them were actually stuck. Mm. They didn't know how to answer that. Mm. You know, uh, they just thought for a while. One guy actually answered and said, um, rapping to oldies. <laughs> like that was his best answer. Right. And this guy's been in the game for a long time. Yeah. So, uh, but, but I asked him the same way I asked you, you know, uh, coming from a fan or just meet you on the street, mm -hmm. you know. Now, here's another one. And the reason I, I, I wanted to test it out, and this was I put this on my Instagram before it got deleted, because mm -hmm. this is my new one. For some reason, IG just decided to delete my ass, mm -hmm. okay? Um, I put up a post, and I tagged every Chicano rapper that I knew mm -hmm. or that I know does Chicano rap. That like That's their music. Mm -hmm. I tagged them all, okay? And I had about close, if not 4,000 followers. Mm -hmm. So, it, it, you know, I had a little audience on my IG page. Mm -hmm. And I checked. And not one of them liked it or mm -hmm. even commented. And the question was, now again, this is coming from somebody off the street that just happens to ask you. Do you have to be Chicano to be a Chicano rapper? Do you have to be? Uh, apparently not, because Capone was like the biggest Chicano rapper ever and he was he's pakistani so um i guess not pakistani you know? yeah, yeah. It's okay so i guess you don't have to be you know okay um, like i said it's uh you know now now see that's the thing because he was the biggest chicano rapper so now people try to flip it and be like oh well if you're chicano then you're chicano rap nah bro that's not what it that's not what you guys said at the beginning that that's not what it was built on right it was built on the lifestyle of being a gangster from southern california and rapping in the hood and rapping in, you know that's that's what you guys started it out right, as right. you know what i'm saying don't try to throw me in that mix i'm not in that you know what i'm saying so yeah i mean no you don't have to be a chicano to be a chicano rapper at least you didn't have to when it first started because look at okay. capone you know okay Okay. Uh, uh, and by the way, do you listen to his music at all? I, I don't. Okay. I, I, I couldn't name you one song. Maybe. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> um, now, before we go to my next question, well, l l let me finish what I was saying. I tagged everyone without mentioning their names. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to see, because I wanted those answers to help me in this um, 
Chicano rap documentary. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I kind of wanted some feedback. Mm -hmm. And none of those guys commented. Yeah. None of those guys. Fans started commenting and then retagging those same guys yeah. to try to edge them on to, you know, but but they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I would say if I had like about 150 comments, I'd probably say they were split. People mm -hmm. would say, yes, of course. That's why it's called Chicano rap. Mm -hmm. Other people were saying, no, you don't have to be Chicano. It's mm -hmm. the lifestyle, it's the culture, it's the mindset, mm -hmm. etc. So uh, when I filmed this, when I finished filming this, uh, I want to give both sides of the story, you know, on that. It's wishy-washy, man. They're changing. They're changing what their found the foundation of Chicano rap. Now they're switching it up to be like, no, we never said that, or nah, this is what it's about. It was never about that, man. Like I'm, I was, I'm not, I wasn't that young to remember how it all kicked off or how you know during those times what it was all about. I remember right. it, bro. Like I, right. it, it's not you know, oh, you're Chicano, no, because you would throw these artists in Latin hip hop category you know right 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 latin latin hip-hop or you know what i'm saying and then chicano rap was the gangster stuff you know what i'm saying like, right yeah. so you know that's 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 basically what it is you know what i'm saying it's neighborhood now, raps and stuff like that where it started from and stuff. now i don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing so throughout this interview i'm, I'm I, sorry do, okay do you remember the group called the mexicans i didn't mean to cut you off yes, do you remember the mexicans of course. I, I know them yes they never considered them Chicano rap. We'll get to that. Right? Yes, absolutely. No. But they were the hardest, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you know, right. sin Sinful and Capital I, man. And it was just like, when I heard them, I was just, you know, but nobody tried to, you know, label them Chicano rap or Latin hip hop. Right. Or just hip hop. Right. You know. But we'll get we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. I need to touch on something here. Okay. Um. In this documentary, I asked some of these other uh, Chicano rappers, mm. um, is it a good thing to be known as a Chicano rapper or does that limit you? Let me give you an example of what I mean. Okay. <clears throat> In the 90s, you had uh, Fat Joe, mm -hmm. you had Big Pun, you had uh, the Beat Nuts, and those guys were Puerto Ricans from New York. Mm -hmm. We never called them Puerto Rican rap. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, when Eminem came out, we never said, hey, do you like white rap? Right, right. Yeah. You know, we never categorized them as that. Mm -hmm. They were just rappers. My question to some of these guys that I was interviewing was, why can't you just be known as a rapper? Why Chicano rap? And of course, they had an answer. Some had good answers. Some of them, you know, they, they didn't really know how to answer. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question to you is, um, is it a good thing to be labeled that? Or would you rather just be known as an artist? I mean, I... I I wouldn't. I wouldn't care if 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 it was like if it was something positive and organic and just something, you know, that can that can help fuel you into becoming a better artist. You know, right? What what Chicano rap is like, and I my own experiences. You know, you have these these older guys, these uh, so called you know founders or whatever, that really come at you like sideways and disrespectful. Like they don't they don't hit you up to be like hey what's up hey man I see you you're doing good right. much love you you ever need anything get at me no it's like hey homie you got a problem with da da da, da. I just you know and it's like it's like whoa right what's right. going on here like what what's happening right now you know and it's 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 just it's like that mentality that's what it is it's that gangbang mentality it's that you know and I'm not, I, I don't I don't gangbang bro I never I don't right. come from that background I seen all that with my family members and all I, I didn't want nothing to do with that. I was always into my, my my music and stuff like that, you know. So, so it's like 
now they want to say, okay, well, you're Chicano, you're Chicano rap, and you, that's what you are, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. And it's like, no, because I don't embody what you, what, I'm not what you guys, you know, what your foundation is, you know? Right, Now, okay. now you want to switch it up, you know what I'm saying? Like, now, I mean, it could be a beautiful thing. It yeah, of really course. Be, if, if, if they weren't, if, if they weren't crumbling from within, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. if they weren't bringing other people down, you know, like, it could be beautiful and it could flourish and be something new and positive, but it's just, it's not working that way. Now, he, let me say this. In the uh, once again, uh, I've had the 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 privilege to have been there with a lot of West Coast legends from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, and me being Mexican, it means a lot, okay? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times I would be the only Mexican dude in the entire room, yeah. okay? Uh, when you're in a room with Ice Cube and Dre and Easy, and you're the only Mexican in there. You know what the good thing about that was that they never made me feel as if I was non-black. Right, right, right. They always showed me love. Always. Right, right. Okay. But I will say this, that there's been times where I've been backstage with where there's been Chicano rappers and right away, where are you from? Yeah, they bang on you. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'll be honest, I don't run, you know, I don't look for trouble, but I'm not going to run from it, bro. Right. You know, so... um my next question, and, and I asked these guys, I've interviewed five so far. I got five more I, I need to interview. And I asked them this question. Why, you know, Chicano rap, I believe, the reason why I decided to take on this project, because I know there's a huge market out there for it. Meaning this, that there's a fan base uh, uh, in Japan, in Europe, uh, uh, all over the U.S. There's a fan base. Yeah. Now, what I have never been able to figure out, why hasn't there been a Chicano rapper that has ever made it to the stature of, of a Snoop Dogg, of a game, of a, a Easy e if you will? Well, you got a little Rob. Okay. So would you Rob. say- I'm not too familiar with his music. Would you say he's I, up there with Snoop? Uh, Maybe not. Well you, well, you know what? Like Everything he does, it sells out. I mean, he sells, like right now, I think he's selling out like everything he does. Okay. So, and I know I want, at the height of his career, he was pretty, pretty popping. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not too sure about, you know. Okay. So let's just say we have one. Yeah, one. King Lil G, probably two. He's okay, two. Man. That's about it. Can you <laughs> that are Chicanos at Rabbit. Right, right. Can you try to give me one more? Oh, man. Uh, Chicanos at Rap or Chicano Rap? Chicano, Chicano rap. Okay, no, so that's take King Lil G off of that because King Lil G, I don't consider King Lil G Chicano rap. So right, yeah, right. you got one, little rap. <laughs> See, but that's that's what I'm saying. And yet, we are the ones that pack out concerts, mm. buy tickets, buy apparel, buy music, and yet the support is not there. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Um, why, why do you think Chicano rap if there is a huge fan base, mm -hmm. why do you think it has never taken that next level of where the there's more? The music's just not up to par with what the world demands. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, if if you if you really want to get on the radio, then make some music for the radio. Simple as that. I mean, you can you can be prideful and be like, okay, well, I'm not gonna I'm gonna stick to what's you know stick to whatever. But if you're don't complain about not being on the radio if you're not making the music that they want on the radio. Right. Stay in your lane, bro. Like, don't right. complain about it. Like, oh, we never get no airplay or we never do because you're not doing what they want. Right, right. Right. So, so therefore, you know, and and that's what they want is remember you're trying to get 
they're not coming at you trying to get your right, music right, played. Right. You're going to them, so you got to give the radio what they want. You got to give the people what they want. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's what I feel, well, at least. One know? guy told me this, and he's from here, from L.A., and I interviewed him, and, and I, I, I really respect this dude. Yeah. And he told me this. These are his words. Uh, eventually, I'll have him on here, and we'll, re, we'll retract this. Mm -hmm. But here's what he said. Because a lot of Chicanos just want to rap to oldies. If they don't want rap to oldies, they'll remake a funk song. If they don't remake a funk song, they'll rap to more bounce. <laughs> if they don't rap to more bounce, then they'll get somebody to play talk box. <laughs> and they never leave. That, that's comfort zone. Yes, they never leave that. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's not good. Mm -hmm. But I, I believe that you do have to evolve, bro. Yeah, I mean, for, yeah, I mean, that Chicano rap, that's the essence of Chicano rap right there, is that sound, you know? Right. They're from, you know, where it came from and whatever, like, I, I just don't know, man. It's, uh, it's, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It's, you box yourself in. Yes. Okay. You okay. Know? Now, let, let me ask you this. Um, well, possibly not a question. I've known Ernie G mm -hmm. and Frank V from mm -hmm. Proper Dos mm -hmm. from the very beginning. I've known Frost since the 80s when he had songs, uh, 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 yeah, but proper doses. Their 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 lyrics were hard. Like their lyrics were. It wasn't like okay. There's this word. Like it wasn't chunty. It wasn't like these. They couldn't rap. Right, right. <laughs> they right. rap. They, their raps were right. hard. Like it was right. dope. So I mean, you know, uh, it's just now, now. But that's where I'm going with that. In the very beginning, there was frost. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now keep in mind, even when La Raza came out. Mm -hmm. It, it was never under the genre or called Chicano rap. Mm -hmm. That actually came later. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know because I was there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Light of Brown, when they came oh, out with Sunday Afternoon, nobody yeah. called them Chicano rappers. Latin hip hop or hip hop. Right. Yeah. Just hip hop. Hip -hop. And it, the radio played them. Yeah. When Proper Those came out, they, did, they were not considered Chicano rap at that time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I've talked to Frank and I've talked to Ernie. And they could both agree. Yeah. Okay. On a future show, I don't like to tell who's going to be on a future show, but Ernie will be here, mm -hmm. the producer or proper those to confirm uh, about this subject. And um, it wasn't, but it wasn't until like years later, I want to say maybe to like 98, 99, that I started hearing that name float around mm -hmm. uh, Chicano rap, Chicano. Yeah. I didn't think it was a bad thing, but after a while, uh, um, you were just known for your music. It was just oldie samples, yeah. more more bounce, talk box, funk songs, and it didn't mean that they were whack. It no just meant lyrical that, skill. Like, yeah, I mean, it as just far didn't as grow. Like, no, no lyrical uh, complexity. Like, like, like it was. It was very. How can I say, man? It was just. Uh, it just seemed like, you know, a lot of these artists were just kind of throwing a beat. And I'm gonna just rap. Like, mm -hmm. you know, when it, it, it wasn't an art, man, like to a lot of, a, a lot of, you know what I'm saying, Chicano rappers, right. like you can't, you can hear it, you can hear it. They didn't, they don't take their time to, to, right. to, to brush up on their craft. See, and even us talking about it right now, you know? I guarantee you there's people watching that are probably pissed off. It's all good. You, you know, because yeah. they don't like our answers. Right. But this is why Rodium Radio was created to give everybody a platform to discuss certain subjects because radio is not going to cover it. Uh-huh. Radio will definitely not cover it. You know, uh, I, I've done uh, um, um, interviews at Power 106, KDA, and you know what's the most time they gave me? It was like five minutes. Yeah. You know, and everything is like, how are you doing today? What are you doing today? Yeah. You know, what are you doing tomorrow? And then bye. Yeah. 
But this is giving people like yourself and myself a voice. And I welcome anybody that has any type of history mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, to come on this show eventually next year because I got this whole year already booked up. Uh, um, and we could talk about subjects like this. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's good that uh, we have an open platform where people can share this because I know people possibly will disagree. And if you want to leave a comment, negative or positive, I encourage you, go ahead. Honestly, I don't really give a damn. But um, I'm just saying, man, it's like, you know, Ch Chicano, like, uh, the you know, when it was a Chicano fan base that, uh, you know, first supported me when I came out, you know, Chicano rap. But my first, you know, really song that I came out with was called Chicano Rap, where I'm like telling you I'm not Chicano rap. And you that know, was your first was like track first, under Misfit? Yeah, that I put out, you know, with my boy Tyrant. Now, what, cool what, why did you feel you had to do that? Because I already knew, because I, I was seeing my boy Tyrant at the time, or Cujo, going through the same thing. I'm like, bro, why are you Chicano rap? Like, I'm like, you're, you're, he's dope, talented as hell, you know? And it's like, why are you doing this to yourself? And I was, he's like, they're going to do the same thing to you. Right. This is a, his words. Right. As soon as you come out, they're going to put you in that box. And I'm like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna make a statement and my first song is going to beat you kind of rap. And I did it, but it still happened. He was right, you know? And, um, you know, they show love, but at the same time, I, I didn't, I got more love from, from, the supporters than my peers or people that were, you know what I'm saying, that I was trying to, you know, build with at right. the time, you know what I'm saying? And then you see these older guys that you think are going to embrace you, but, you know, that end up trying to, like, you know, just break you down. You know, you know I'm going to say something that I believe is even more controversial, okay? I was on the other side because you've never heard anybody refer to me as a Chicano producer or Chicano DJ. Right. They just know me as Tony the Wiz. <laughs> cool. I'm cool with that. I, I I was raised with that. Okay, now, but I've always had Rasa that if they had a bone to pick with me, it's because I was working with blacks. Yeah. Okay. Now, to some of them, I wasn't Chicano enough. Let me explain that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, once again, my mom and dad are both from Mexico. Okay. Half of my family was born in Mexico. I was born here. Uh, my family came from Mexico. I was born in the city of Torrance. We lived in Compton until I was about nine. Then we moved to Wilmington, where I was raised. Now, I did a documentary honoring a Japanese vendor from the city of Whittier, once again, named Steve Yano and his wife, Susan. They pretty much changed my life from 11 years old on up. Wow. Now, Steve believed that the next thing to take off was going to be Raza, was going to be Chicanos. That's why he signed proper those. Mm -hmm. A lot of people didn't know that they were on Scanners Records and signed by a Japanese man who believed in that movement. He never called it Chicano rap. Mm -hmm. He just thought Frank was dope. Mm -hmm. Ernie was a dope producer and he signed he saw talent there. Yeah, there was you know? a gang of talent. That's yes. So uh what happened was I did a documentary because he passed away uh, just a couple of days ago was five years. Okay. And I don't want his name to be lost in uh West Coast hip-hop history because through his stand there at the Sawant meet, it was a huge cornerstone, a huge contributor to what we have today here in the West Coast. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you, you, he didn't know that he, Jure, one day would be a billionaire. Yeah, right. And one of the biggest producers, if not the best producer of all time, was there chilling with them at the Sawant meet. Yeah. You know, making mixtapes for him, you know, at the, at the Rhodium Sawant meet. Now, when I finished my documentary, here's what I did, okay? Now, I'm not saying this about all Chicanos. I'm saying this about this one specific 
page on Instagram. I hit them up because they had over like 75,000 followers. And they were averaging maybe like 33,000 views per video and 10,000 likes on a bad day on a picture. Mm -hmm. And they were posting up all these Chicano rappers. Okay. So I said, hey, I'm Mexican. I qualify. Let me hit them up. I wrote them and I said, hey, how you doing? I'm Tony A. I was the producer for the High C first album, half of the second album. I gave them my whole background pretty much. I, I, I worked with Dre. I worked with Cube. These guys were coming to my house. I did mixtapes. The Rodeo Squat Meet is the home of the West Coast mixtape, you know? And um, and he said, okay, what can I do for you? I, I've never met this guy. I don't know who he is. But it, it is a Chicano-based page. So I said, uh, I'm promoting and I want to push my trailer about this documentary about a man who believed in Chicanos like myself and this group that, that he signed. And he said, okay, let me check it out. So I shot him the trailer and he sent it back to me and he said, okay, I saw it. He said, I can't post it. And I said, why not? And he said, well, because there's blacks in it. Wow. That's what he said. Now, I, I'm going to tell you why that really pissed me off. Because I almost felt like, well, okay, I did it. I, I'm Chicano, bro. I, I don't know how much more I have to be. And he said he wouldn't post because there was blacks. And I'll, I'll tell you why I took that personal. Because I have black family, which a lot of people don't know. I have Filipino family. I have white family. I have uh, uh, um, Vietnamese family. Mm -hmm. My grandbabies are Mexican, Italian, and Irish. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have any prejudice you know, in me. My best friend is a black man. One of my mentors was a black man. And for me to hear that coming from my own raza, whom I'm turning to for help. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, would you help me? That's what I said. Mm -hmm. And he just said, no, because of that. I really could have screenshotted that, post that shit up and let it go viral. It would have ruined this whole page. Yeah. But you know what? I didn't. And I think that is the problem, not with all, but with many that uh, with the guys that I interviewed, they all had one common tie, this is what they said. I think the reason why none of us have really ever taken off is because we all hate on each other. Straight up. And yeah. that's what they said. Yeah, that's what it is. They, we all hate <laughs> on each other. Definitely. So, you know, once again, I'm a Mexican guy that was doing a documentary based on a, on a stand at the Swamp Meet. Yeah. Steve, who believed in Chicanos, but... That was still wasn't good enough. Yeah, no. You know, so. I mean, it could also be, yeah. I mean, you know, fools with that penitentiary uh, mentality, you know, of. Possibly. You know, the right racism and stuff like that. Or, you know, the. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm from Hawthorne, bro. Like, there's blacks everywhere. Right. Mexicans everywhere. Like, we. It's nothing. It's normal. Of course. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Of course. Like, L.A. Now, you, you know. Uh, it, here's how I responded. When he said, I can't, I just said real kindly, chinga tu madre. That's all I said. Okay. Yeah. And of course, you know, he unfollowed me or, and whatnot. But uh, when it comes from the Chicano community, I really don't get a lot of, of love. I really don't. And I don't let that bother me because I feel that I've always been in my own lane and I, I, I you know what, I'm always going to eat. But you, I, uh, do you mean the Chicano community as far as like artists? Artists. Like, okay, yeah. Artists. I mean, the Chicano community, like the supporters are yes. crazy. Like, yes. They're dope, man. They're dope. They, they support you like to the bone. But 
Yeah, within itself, within the structure of okay, the Chicano artists, mm-hmm. a lot of hating, a lot of nah, I don't, you know, I don't mess with that dude, or you know, I don't, you know, I'm not gonna help him out, or I got this cracking, but this is all me right here. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's really just now by me sharing what I said right now, mm-hmm. and even just this topic, I'll probably get a lot of hate mail. <laughs> okay, because I said what I said, but yeah. I speak my mind. I don't hold back. Yeah. Look at. I, I'm 51 years old, bro. Let, let, let me make this real. I know I got more years behind me than in front of me. Mm-hmm. What am I waiting for, bro? Right. Okay, so I speak my mind. And if this is the way I feel, this is the way I feel. And I'm thankful to have a guy like you here, mm-hmm. uh, um, not only sharing your side, but also helping me out develop more answers for this documentary yeah. that eventually... Uh, it would be out and uh, hope people would support it. Yeah. Now, kind of changing the note a little bit because of time. Mm-hmm. I noticed something on Instagram a couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm on Facebook, but I'm mostly on Instagram. A lot of times people reach me on Facebook and I, I try to reply to them in a timely manner, but it's mostly on Instagram that I'm on. Mm-hmm. And um, this guy, before I say his name, I know him very well. I got love for this dude. I do. I got I got his phone number. I've known him since the 90s. We were supposed to work together. Mm-hmm. And I got love for you as well. Mm-hmm. So I was going through, I guess, what do they call it? The search or the explorer thing mm-hmm. on Instagram. And I saw a video of him. Mm-hmm. And I saw him mention your name. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, he was saying, Misfit this and little one. Mm-hmm. You know, you wear, your lady told me you wear capris and you wear <laughs> makeup. You know, I don't know if that's true and I don't care, but he was like putting them on blast. Now, I know he's possibly around my age and I know you're a little bit younger. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I went on your page and you pretty much not necessarily responded, <laughs> but you kind of ad-libbed his video. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was pretty hilarious. But once again, this is Night Owl yeah. from San Diego. Once again, I got love for Night Owl and I got love for you. <clears throat> but I have to ask you. What happened? What happened? Okay, so this is this is like I'm gonna be completely honest with you, right? My name got brought up in a conversation in Facebook because of the Untouchables, which is a, a you know we had announced the release of it coming soon, and it's you know Untouchables is me, uh, Little One, Shadow, and Conejo. Right. So I guess this guy felt Night Owl felt like you know he deserved to be a part of this, pro- like like he felt disrespected because us four came together and just did something without thinking about anybody like it was just okay. organic so he started what do you what do you guys think about this and who's this guy and this guy hasn't done enough to be able to do this i should like and it's crazy it's like bro what are you doing right so then then we ended up you know talking you know messaging back and forth or commenting back and forth and i just told him hey bro like you know, I'm not with all the, all the shenanigans or he's like, hey, but watch out for little. He doesn't like little one for whatever reason, okay. you know, and little right. one to me has been one of the most solid. Like right. people have they could tell me little one, this little one, that little one. I don't pay because to me, he's been nothing but a one like straight from beginning to, okay. to now. You know what I'm saying? Man of his word. He's helped me out when I've needed help. Like, you know, what I'm saying like shit just happens. Like, what the hell am I going to do? Like, like he's definitely solid with me. Okay. You know, um, I don't know what the hell the deal, but you know, for somebody, hey, watch out for little one. 
don't do this, you know, this, and don't trust that guy. I'm like, dude, you don't, why are you, why are you talking on another grown man like that, right, bro? Right, like, okay. you're not, it's not like you're saying, hey, bro, you know what? Um, if you were really concerned about, you're not concerned about me being, uh, you know, right. fucked over. You're more concerned about bashing this fool's name. Like, okay. you know what I'm saying? So, okay. anyways. Anyways. Um, so, and then somebody posted a. a hold on. Yeah. Hold that thought. We're going to come right back. All we right. need to go to a break. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so, uh, once again, we're going to come back to the discussion. Uh, please call somebody, text somebody, <laughs> page somebody. <laughs> have a beeper. And uh, we're going to come back and finish this discussion. And uh, go ahead and leave a comment, negative or positive. I don't really care. It's all good. Really, all, it's all good. You know, I roll with the punches. Uh, so far, it's a dope, dope uh, conversation. I'm enjoying this. I hope you are, too. Uh, like I said, invite somebody to listen in because we're going to finish this conversation. We're going to talk about what he's doing now, where he's going, what he's working on, who he's with, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, John, help me out a little bit. I know we got a video coming up. Revenge. Uh, Revenge. This was the cameo appearance that I did. This is actually how I met him uh, <laughs> through IG. You know, I thank God for technology. Uh, <laughs> but we met uh, through uh, Instagram. He invited me to be a part of this uh, um, video. And uh, I got my own little cameo appearance, and uh, things pretty dope. Real creative. He directed it. Uh, shot in black and white. It came out really, really dope. Uh, song is dope. Uh, what song is after, John? This is uh, John Elkins, and he's helping me out because I'm a little bit slow today. But it's okay. We'll give you the title after when we come back. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll be back with Miss Soto, Tony the Wizard. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, tuning in and uh, holding on, listening to that dope music. That was uh, Get It Back off the album Embrace the Breakdown. Uh, I had a hard time remembering that one, and I usually have a good memory. But uh, Get It Back, that was a dope, dope-ass song right there. And uh, I like to brag about artists that deserve the credit that they deserve. You know, I believe there's a lot of artists still out there that are not getting the recognition that they deserve. But this man is getting it here and he's gonna be getting it eventually because uh, uh, I believe that he has the potential to really do something uh, great, something big. Um, I mean, I mean, put it this way, I've told my boys right here, my boy John and my boy Daniel, I could see him performing at Coachella. You know, I, I could. Uh, he does his own production, writes his own lyrics, directs his own videos, edits his own videos. So really with him and his talent, uh, um, sky's the limit. So once again, we're back with uh, Misfit. Um, so when we ended, I had asked you about um, Night Owl. Yeah. And uh, so it was a Facebook thing going back yeah, and forth. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, when when we had re when we had uh, released the artwork for the Untouchables uh, album, Night Owl was on Facebook, and I just started getting tagged uh, in these uh, comments. And then um, you know, Night Owl was like, well what do you guys think about this guy misfit soto uh anybody know who he is he hasn't done enough to you know this and like he just had negative things to say about me and he doesn't already like little one and uh you know shadow and conejo like i mean i don't know how why it turned into a negative thing so we ended up talking back and forth and like like i said he just started hey man be careful for little one he's shady and stuff i'm just like all right dude whatever and then uh i guess there's a video of, of him and he had an altercation with another artist called Spanky Local, right? Right. So this video, you know, everybody knows what the video is. So I had comments because <laughs> it was a joke, but it, was, it wasn't it was aimed at Night Owl. It was more aimed at Spanky, you know, like I was just, but I guess, you know, Night Owl took offense to it, you know, because in the video I put, 
Ah, that fool Spanky. Or I put, ah, he be dropping slappers. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. but I was aiming it towards Spanky, just messing with him because I know Spanky too. You know, I didn't think like, oh, this is gonna get this guy mad or whatever. So I guess that was the reason. I hit up Shadow. I'm just like, hey, why is your homie tripping? You know? And he goes, oh, well, he feels like you you were talking, you know, disrespecting him uh, on a post. And I told Shadow, I was like, look, man, tell him. Before this, before this video surfaced that he that he did, I, I told Shadow, tell Night Owl that it wasn't directed towards him. I didn't mean no disrespect towards him like that. I was just commenting on the homie's post, you know. And so Shadow comes back with, okay, well, all he wants is an apology. I'm like, nah. Like, I'm not going to apologize. I'm telling you right now, I didn't mean to disrespect him. It wasn't, I'm not going to apologize because he feels disrespected. That sounds like a personal problem, you know. I'm telling you right now, I didn't mean no disrespect, but if he wants to take it disrespectful, that's his pedal, you know, that's his problem. And then, you know, after that, it's just his post, you know, he did a post talking about, you know, oh, F this guy and F this dude and he's a bitch. And I'm just like, all right, bro, whatever. You know? Why do you feel that it, whether it was him or other people would say you haven't done enough? What do you think they mean by that? Because I'm not as old as them. I don't know. I think I've done pretty good like from like an ep and an album i think i've made you know like i don't know man i, I think I, i've made it okay for for a lot of artists to kind of get out the comfort zone i feel i mean i've had a couple artists like like tell me that you know like like man you know you kind of made it okay for us to to go here this way or do this and try this and that stuff you know i mean there's a there's a um an artist named Macavis who's dope as hell and he's he's just kind of like he dm me one day and he's like man he's like He's like, you kind of gave me the courage <laughs> to release this, right, right. you know. So, I mean, that's always a good thing when somebody tells you that, you know. But, as I mean, I don't know because I'm he's got a thousand albums out. And, you know, I mean, I, I always say quality over quantity. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I can't. Okay. Have you ever met him? Never, bro. <laughs> Never. He just he's just started. He really just, like, was mad about the whole Untouchables album I from the first post that i seen. It's just, I don't know what... I don't know why he just dragged me into it as far as like, what do you guys think about like starting getting opinions about me? Like, what the hell, dude? Like, I never even talked to you, never even met you or anything, you know? It's like, why are you speaking negative about me? Is what I wondered, you know? So then, like I said, I, I, I smoothed it over with him in Facebook. Like, look, man, agree to disagree, whatever. And then, you know, but I mean, that guy's just, you know, I don't know. He's mad at the world, bro. Okay. Um, before we get into that Untouchables album, um, you know, who's a part of it, when it's dropping, or if it's already out, I'm not sure, but we'll get into it. But I, let me give you a hypothetical scenario. Mm -hmm. Since you've never met this guy, uh, and again, uh, I have love for Nino. I've been knowing him for a long time, mm -hmm. and I have love for you. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't take sides, but I'm asking questions because I do believe that this is something that uh, your fan base, his fan base, and the Chicano fan base uh, would like to know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, say you leave here. Walk into a liquor store and he's walking out and you see yeah. him. What next? I'm going to be like, well, I'm not going to. I mean, the guy's like 68 or 50 something. Like, he's an old, old guy. I'm not going to like bully him. Like, I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to be like, I'm definitely going to ask him like, what's up? Do you have an issue or what do you want to do about it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm always I, I'm always a firm believer in, in uh, I'm going to always defend myself. So 
if anything comes my way, I'm going to deal with it. But I'm not a bully. I'm not going to go pick on somebody right, like that. Right. You know? And 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 you communicating with him on um, on Facebook? I, I communicated with him through Shadow. This Night Owl knows that I that that I wasn't trying to disrespect him. That it had nothing to do with him. It, he was just a, you know. But he does. He wanted me to bow down and apologize, bro. And I'm not. I'm a grown ass man. I got kids, bro. Like I'm not gonna. Like I, I'm not gonna bow down to you because 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 you think that I owe you an apology when I wasn't. I'm sorry you feel disrespected, but yeah, I'm not gonna apologize for something like that. Like no, because okay. I. You know what I'm saying? Okay, well, you know, that still has to be resolved, and hopefully it does, because, like I said, I got love for both of you guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but I, I just have to bring that up, because that's what I saw, mm -hmm. you know, nobody told me about it, and, you know, nobody tagged me, and nobody, mm -hmm. you know, told me, you know, this cheese man, I, I mm -hmm. saw it, and I ran into it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, so I, I wanted to ask you, so now moving on, uh, you talked about, a, uh, well, this, this album that um we just played some of the songs embrace the breakdown. W w when did that drop em embrace the breakdown <clears throat> that dropped april 19th of okay. this year okay yeah, april 19th N now you know i've i've asked artists like quick and dre when they did their classic albums what was your mindset you know um when like i asked dre this about the chronic album mm -hmm. Uh, that was actually the last, one of the last times that I had a conversation with, and it was his answer was really short. He said, "I said, how long did it take you?" I thought it was going to tell me about a month, and he actually told me it took uh, a year. It took me a year to do the Chronic album, mm -hmm. so I was surprised because I know within a year or two he did the NWA, the Easy E, the Michelle, the DOC, mm -hmm. Above the Law. He did a lot of projects within a short span of time. Mm -hmm. So for him to say, you know, this Chronic album took a year, so I asked why, and he said because it had to be a it had to be a hit, couldn't be a miss. Mm -hmm. uh, what was your mindset? How long did it take you to produce that record? Because I thought it was uh, uh, really put together really well. I, I well, I had I had about <clears throat> sorry, I had about five songs that were already out singles that I added onto the project. They were I just released them singles like that. But then I said, you know what, I'm gonna do this project. So I think there's 17 tracks on the project, and these were these were singles that I was releasing like week after week. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna grab these and I'm just gonna add them to this project <laughs> you know okay. what i'm saying so they were fairly new like week after week i was dropping videos for like nine weeks straight wow um yeah through latin beast shout out to latin beast you know um but yeah so at that time when i said i'm gonna do this this album i was going through a lot of like uh you know just i was isolated a lot i was going through you know a, a relationship like a breakup um which, you know, when you're going through stuff like that, you just don't want to be around nobody anyway. Um, and then I was going through stuff with, like, you know, homies that, that I thought would, you know, would be down and ride for you type of shit. And really just kind of like, you know, just kind of like all of a sudden it's like, dude, like, are you really like, are you really like sub subliminally like talking about me right now? Or like, are you really like, you know, saying that I'm, I'm too much in my, and instead of being like, hey, homie, what's wrong? You good? they get on social media oh someone's in their feelings you know what i'm saying like shit right. like and i'm just like wow wow so then i go from like having a full studio of motherfuckers to like looking around one day and it's just me yeah and, and that's so, usually when some of the best stuff comes oh yeah and that's when i started recording that album i went in there and i finished it up in about i did about 12 songs about two months that's dope two months yeah that's dope that's really really dope i mean because one word if i had to uh, now somebody may say, you know, or you know, you're d writing this guy too much. First of all, I don't d write anybody. Okay, 
I didn't create, uh, 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 I wasn't inspired to do Rodeo and Radio to dick ride any artist. We don't dick ride here. But what we do do here is we give uh, people their proper credit, their respect that they're due. You know, uh, I don't watch a lot of podcasts mm. and I don't watch a lot of interviews simply because many times you have the interview interviewer just dick riding the artist, telling them how great and how awesome. Mm. It, it's okay to give them the proper respect, yeah. you know, uh, to give them their credit like, like yourself. Mm. And and uh, if somebody were to ask me, um, describe that album with one word, I would say hypnotizing and I'll tell you why, because... There would be times that I'd wake up in the middle of the damn night and that song was playing in my head. <laughs> I'd wake up in the morning and the song was playing. You know, I I would be at the gym and usually I don't work out to music. Mm-hmm. But I'd throw my headphones and play that album. You know, I, I, I there was even a point that I had to stop listening to the album because I was listening to it like every damn <laughs> day. You know, yeah. and usually in my car, I'll be honest with you, I play uh, classical music. Mm-hmm. I try not to listen to rap, but I don't can really consider your stuff so much rap. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, so moving on from this album now, first of all, before we move on to The Untouchables, where can people uh, purchase this album? Uh, the uh, Embrace the Breakdown? Yes. Um, well, we had hard copies. I think we ran out. I think we sold out of hard copies. But I know you can get it on all digital platforms available, Spotify and all that. Just look and, up uh, iTunes, Apple Music. Yeah, just look up Misfit Soto and... Embrace. Uh, embrace the breakdown on pop up, yeah. No, no. So that's where you guys can get it. Mm. Now, we go to the to the Untouchables. Um, who are the Untouchables? Uh, is that the name of the album or is that the name of the group? It's the name of the group. Okay. It's the name of the group, and uh, it's basically started uh, with Cornejo uh, and Little One having a discussion. Okay. Uh, you know, they they. they they were going to hook up with Shadow and do a, an album. They said, well, an album may be too much. Let's just do an EP. Shadow from? Yeah, from San Diego. San Diego. Um, yeah. So they just talked about Cornejo, you know, hit me up one day. He's like, hey, dude, you want to do this project? I'm like, all right, cool. Then Little One hit me up. Um, well, Cornejo got me a, a, a set on the uh, Latin Lockdown, which uh, Little One was putting together. So Conejo's like, hey, fool, uh, I got you a show. You want to perform? I'm like, hell yeah. All right, let's do it. And then from there, I met Little One. So they had already talked, and then Little One came at me, and he's like, hey, man, did Conejo talk to you about the Untouchables or the project that we wanted to do? I was like, he mentioned something about it, yeah. And then, uh, you know, so me and me and Little One started, you know, getting more in-depth into the conversation. And then we just all, you know, got in contact and, and connected and just set up a day and, um you know, I did a lot of uh, preparing for the day of, and uh, we knocked it out. And one day when they came, we just knocked out the whole project. Now, when you say the whole project, you're talking about like six songs. Six songs, okay. In about four hours, yeah. So, would that be an EP? Or? EP. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. It's an EP. Is that already released? Yeah, it's released. Any videos? Uh, yeah, there's one on the way. We just finished filming uh, one. Well, we, we finished filming it, but then we decided to, to add some more like B-roll footage and okay. stuff like that. So we did a little bit more filming, but that's already done. Should be out soon within the next week or so, I believe. Okay. But uh, that's for the song uh, Throne. But yeah. Throne. So once again, it's you, mm-hmm. Conejo, and mm-hmm. Little One. 
and and Mr. Shadow, yeah. And Mr. So there's four of them, un Untouchables. Okay. And uh, as far as the production, who did the production on this? I did all, all the production. All the production? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's dope. I can't wait to hear it, man, because yeah. like I said, I love your production. You know, I've been producing for a long time. I've had the opportunity to work with people like Tina Marie and mm -hmm. Cypress Hill, Mellow, High C, and Quick and those guys. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when somebody's dope, man, you have to give it up. Yeah. You know, you, you have to give it up. And I really, really enjoyed uh, listening to your your shit. I thought it was really fucking dope. I, I like your voice. I like the way you EQ your sound, your your, your vocals. Thank you. Yeah. You know, everything, man. It's, you know, and I knew, see, for, and I'm not just saying this about Night Out, but I'm saying this about anybody who may have anything to say something about you is this. Mm. You shouldn't even be considered with a topic in my opinion, of Chicano rap. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, I, I, I like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, yeah. uh, people heard your songs tonight, so I don't know how that could even be in the conversation of, you know, if if I would have put together a DJ group, for an example, me, Joe Cooley, and let's just say uh, Rectangle, DJ Rectangle mm -hmm. from uh, uh, San Diego, okay, mm -hmm. and I bring, let's just say you, mm -hmm. you're a DJ, you're dope. I don't know if there would be anybody telling me, you know, why are you bringing this young guy? Right. right. You know, if anything, we should be the one setting the example, you know, mentoring you. Right. You know, we're, we're welcoming you because you're the next generation. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't really know exactly how those people meant those things, but I think it's all good, bro. And you know what? We I need mean, to. Which is what Conejo did for me. Like, which is like Conejo, like he, he was the only one to reach out. Like, you know, maybe not the only one, but like he was, he definitely reached out early on. Like, what's up, man? Hey, keep flooding the game. I see you. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, crazy. Right. Next thing you know, what's your number? I get, I shoot him my number. I don't hear from him for a month. Right. I'm like, okay. Uh, next thing you know, I get a text message. Video shoot, pull up. Oh, when? Tomorrow. It's like 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> wow. I'm like, all right, shit, where at? You know, he shoots the address. I show up, it's a video he has with Miss Crazy, him and Miss Crazy. And right there, it's like when I seen him, it's just he gave off the vibe. Like you kind of knew him for like right. a while. So fucking like like humble and like, what's up, fool? And from then on, it was just it just our relationship got got, you know, real, real solid on some on some artist shit, some music shit, and you know, now to the point where he's like a big bro, you know what I'm saying? He's yeah. he's really like uh doing a lot for me as far as, you know, giving me opportunities. Uh, you know, networking, you know, um, I'm meeting the right people through Opening him. doors. Yeah, of course. And it's it's great. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, a, he's, he's really like somebody that like, you know, he doesn't even talk about shit like that. But right. he does it. It's mostly the guys that talk about it that don't do it. He doesn't mention shit like that at all. But he's the one doing that shit. Do you think that there were people possibly upset because they chose you and maybe they didn't go with somebody else who's been in the game possibly longer? um possibly i mean i could see why you know maybe some people got upset at that but you know like conejo says I mean, we don't give a fuck <laughs> we don't give well, a fuck hey, about there it that. Is there. you know i mean it is what it is you know the the work speaks for itself the music speaks for itself so untouchables comes out soon it's out okay it's out uh all right and where can people uh hear this or buy this at right what's well, it's on Apple, on uh, well, iTunes and Apple Music or, you know, just all digital platforms. It just right. hit all digital platforms. It was okay. a little slow at first. Like, I think it was only available on Spotify, but now it's available everywhere. Okay, so embrace the breakdown.
mm-hmm. and Untouchables album are now out. Yeah. The only thing we're waiting for is possibly just a video. Yeah, oh, the video's oh. coming out soon. Yeah. That's we're dope. done. I we're can't done. wait to see that, man. You know, uh, I know that we can chop it up here a lot, a lot longer. But uh, if there's anything else other than these projects yes. uh, uh, that you want to um, push or mention or shout out, yeah, uh, do that now, man. Okay. So what I'm doing is um, I'm I'm it's like a little uh, goal of mine or journey that I want. It's a, I'm calling it the empowerment of Chicano youth, right? Um, what I'm doing is I'm giving I'm giving free classes um, to you know youths from the age 10 to 16 um, at my studio where I'm at, you know, for, for Chicano kids, you know, parents, you know, make sure to get at me and, and so I could RSVP you because it's it's not a big, big studio, but I want to do it, you know, to start. I, I wanted to get a spot. I didn't have a spot. I didn't have the money for a spot. I didn't have the money to for the application fees and all that. So I'm just doing it on my studio. Fuck it. Um, so I'm going to give free classes, teach kids how to sample vinyl. Um, you know, how to, how to make beats, how to record, how to mix, how to, you know, basically, you know, try to give them a sense of, you know, when they're growing older, like they, they can be professionals and, you know, not, like really have something to look forward to, maybe spark something in, yeah. in, in, in these kids, man. And yeah. um, I'm doing, I'm doing that twice a month, starting next month. Uh, I've already had a couple of parents uh, DM me and RSVP. So make sure if you guys are interested DM me with your your name, your kid's name, and then I'll give you all the information. But it's gonna be, you know, like two hour class. I'm gonna have a different artist come in, you know, record a verse, and then I'm gonna let the kids, you know, mix it on their own. You know what I'm saying? But it's gonna be cool, man. And I just wanna I wanna give uh, you know the kids a chance to at give, least be able to express themselves. Giving something to the the new generation that things like Conejo's doing for you now, in a sense. Yeah, straight That's up. Dope. I just wanna teach them. You know, I mean, and these times are crazy. These times, a lot of races, like all the all the races are coming out. They're really yeah. coming, like they're coming out. Like it's really crazy. Like it's okay, and and you know, I just I I I would hate to see my son ever have to deal with some shit like that. I, I want my son to be like, man, fuck you, like like I don't need anything that you. I got my shit cracked. I I know how to do this. I know how to. Do, I'm right. a professional at what I do. So, you know, that's what I want to do for so, the kids. You know? So, embrace the breakdown. Uh, uh, the Untouchables, mm. and then uh, these new classes. I don't know if you yeah. call them classes. Yeah, they're, okay. they're classes. You know. Yeah, please uh, get at Misfit. Uh, they're free. They're free for you know, free for kids like ages ten to sixteen, male or female, don't matter. Um, but they're free. Um, there's no charge at all. And you they know, get at you on bring, where? Uh, IG um, Misfit underscore Soto underscore SKM. Just make sure you guys, you know, uh, I'll let you guys know. But bring bring a lap. You know, kids should have a laptop and. You know the software. I'll let you guys know all that in a, in an email when uh, you know the the class is coming to a to be to a start. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. Well, let me go ahead and thank you, brother, and give a couple of shout outs to a couple of people that uh, played a major major role in uh, Rolling Radio coming to fruition. Uh, first of all, thank you, brother. Yeah, no I greatly appreciate you coming, yeah, man. I, I I love your presence. I love your energy. I love your music. Your production. Uh, pretty, you know. I love the, uh, the things that you bring to the table as far as music is concerned. Thank you. So now uh, I cannot say goodbye before mentioning people that have been very instrumental in helping me, uh, uh, like I said, bring this rolling radio to fruition. One of them is John Elkins. We all know him as John motherfucking Elkins. He's the man behind uh, our board. 
Uh, he does everything. He's a jack of all trades, a master of all of them. He does my t-shirt designs that you can get at documentary.com. Uh, this is what we call the rhodium apparel. Uh, the, uh, the, they're named after the mixtape trade did this uh, tape called eight ball. And actually that eight ball started out with easy busting a 16 bar uh, verse. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, DG, uh, Daniel Jones, DG Media Clip. You can find them on IG. Uh, also, given, given, uh, he's the one that takes our pictures. He did a lot of footage for our documentary. I want to give a shout out to my drone guy, uh, Kerry Fujita, best drone guy in the business, hands down. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to, and I forgot him, and I apologize, my boy Wiz. Wiz one, he was from the, or still is from the Black Forest crew. He was our engineer at Scanlon Studio. He did a lot of our sound here uh, 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 for the documentary, for the, our break beats that we use in the documentary. Also, Boomer, uh, 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 Boomer from Boomer did it, the Remedy Yard. Also, uh, Roger Mera for doing a lot of their sounds. Next week, uh, uh, when I have my special guest, uh, a lot of the music that we restored from cassettes, Roger uh, remastered me, if you will. Uh, so much love to him. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to my boy, Doc Nasty, my boy, Dion. I've been knowing Dion since uh, uh, since the 80s. Uh, my boy, Doc Nasty, as soon as we go on the road, because we plan to do possibly a college tour or a nightclub tour, when we do like a rhodium tour and we go out and give either PowerPoint uh, uh, presentations at colleges and museums, he's going to go and be my MC, my new MC. Uh, especially at clubs, you can really hype it up. So much love and respect to my boy, Doc Nasty. Uh, uh, you've always been there for me, brother, and I thank you. Uh, but the whole crew, and once again, if I forgot someone, uh, remind me, honestly, because there's a lot of things that go through my head, and uh, I'll give you a shout out next week. Now, uh, um, tomorrow morning, you're gonna have to log in either to my Facebook or to uh, IG to find out who my next guest is. And I'm really, really excited for uh, uh, my next guest because I've been knowing him uh, since I've been a teenager and uh, he was a teenager as well. He was in 12th grade and we've been knowing each other for years. He's got a lot of great songs and that was going to be a real fun interview. Uh, uh, we're going to play a lot of demos uh, uh, that never really came out or these were demos that we submitted to companies. And when he said, yes, we recorded them, it's going to be dope. So. Make sure to tune in next week and uh, check my IG tomorrow for the promo for next week's Rodeon Radio episode three. Once again, and a shout out to my son, uh, Brian B. Scanless, uh, uh, for helping me out with this. And uh, I'm going to be like Snoop. And I also want to thank me. I, wa I also want to <laughs> thank me. Okay. Uh, uh, what, how did Terrell Owen say? I love me some me. Okay. <laughs> you know, one of my boys too, and I, and I love him and I forgive him. He told me, hey man, you know, you need to let him talk because, you know, you talk too much and it's true. Uh, I love to talk a lot like I am now. So let me go ahead and uh, close it out now. So we're going to close it out with two more songs off the Embrace the Breakdown. By the way, that's a dope ass name. Thank you. And uh, the last song, if I'm correct, I think is Hellraiser. The first song, I'm not, I'm not sure which one we have lined up, but these were our favorites. We picked out these six songs off that album. So once again, go to his platform, look up Misfit Soto, Embrace the Breakdown, and Untouchables. Be looking out for that video. Once again, thank you, Rodian Radio. Steve Yano, rest in peace. Thank you, Susan, uh, for everything. And uh, y'all stay blessed. God bless. See you guys next week.